Yeah, getting ready for Super Bowl 57 here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Special eight-and-a-half-hour edition of NFL Game Day Morning starting at 7 a.m. Arizona time on NFL Network. Our next guest will be a big part of it. You see him all over the screens. Uh, breaking news, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider, joins us here on uh, Media Row. Tom, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Of course. Glad to be with you guys. i got to know this first off. Uh, the, the life of an NFL Insider. Like just until you started talking there, you're on your phone. Yeah. What's your screen time like per week? Do you get that that that? Oh, Sunday I get that depressing review? thing every Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, and somehow it always goes up. Yeah, I don't understand how that's possible. It's ten percent more every yeah. single week. Me so. too, and I'm not even breaking news, so yeah. I can only imagine what it's like for you. Yeah, this has been an interesting uh, off season. Obviously, as you guys know, you've been covering a month long uh, head coaching search here, yeah. as as we have too. You know, everything was the NFL legislated it this way. Their belief is that um, delaying things and slowing down the process will lead to better equity in hiring. We'll see whether or not, you know, small sample size right now, but we'll see in the years to come whether that ends up being the case. But it, it's led to complications, especially for teams that want to hire the general manager first. Yes. Because, you know, the Cardinals wanted to hire Monty Austin for it. The coaches in this game for the Eagles and Chiefs, they were the two with the buys. That used to be the advantage was if you had the buy as a coach, everybody would fly to you that Thursday, Friday during the bye week. And a lot of times those guys got advantage. Well, this year you couldn't interview them in person at all. You could only do Zoom with them. And if you were hiring a general manager first and wanted them as part of the process, you haven't been able to talk to these guys at all. Yeah. So it's just been a, it's been an unusual type of a process. No my, my belief is if Dan Quinn had not decided not to take a head coaching job in this cycle, the Cardinals would have had their head coach a couple of weeks ago. Didn't end up playing out that way. And so, you know, they got Lou Anarumo talking to him today. Mike Kafka um, he was there on Tuesday, or excuse me, Zooming on Tuesday because they're, they're back to Zooms here. And, and I know the Cardinals have you know been digging around on some of the coaches in this game too. And so we'll see, you know, how exactly they wrap up this process. We, uh, from last year's Super Bowl when the Chris Mortensen report on Kyler Murray first surfaced, it has been a circus here ever since. It's been dysfunction. There's been scan. There's been everything in this football season for us and we still don't have our next head coach in Arizona how much of his how much of it is the quarterback there's been a lot of rumors that Kyler Murray's an impediment clearly the ownership the culture has been referenced what do you think is the issue here if there is one yeah, I, I don't know that there. Listen, there's 32 of these jobs, so somebody's going to take this. Yeah. and you know, people have won in Arizona before. I don't know that there's a great history of sustained success, but you've seen runs. You've mm-hmm. been to a Super Bowl. You know, there have been good seasons. Um, I think that there's a lot to take in in terms of just the, you know, you're evaluating everything, right? It's the resources, it's the facilities, it's the owner, it's the quarterback, it's the roster. You know, realistically, with Monty taking over as the GM, and Monty's a Minnesota guy like me, so obviously, you know, he, you know he's going to be good. Salt of the earth people, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He's from I think Laverne, is that Laverne, Minnesota? I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, and. So, you know, I think it's fair to say, based on the roster he's inheriting, that 2023 is going to be a transition year, whatever you want to call it, a rebuild, a reboot, whatever. And, oh, yeah, Kyler's probably not going to be ready for the first half of the year, at least. So you have to be evaluating that as as a head coaching candidate and then figuring out, okay, what's our short-term plan and our long-term plan? We're building an offense for a guy who's not going to be there, not being able to participate in anything through the offseason. Are we reintegrating him midseason? You know, are we trading away some other players? Are we cutting a bunch of these old, expensive veterans? You know, all those things play into it here. So I don't think, you know, I would not call the Cardinals job a bad job by any stretch. You just need to have a plan for how you're going to do things operationally and a plan for how you're going to maximize and make the proper connection with a quarterback who is unbelievably talented Mm -hmm. 
but obviously has run into some walls through the years. Yes. Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider, our guest here on, on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, you mentioned the Dan Quinn example in this whole coaching search for the Cardinals. When Monty Osenfort got this GM job, immediately people pointed to his connection from the New England days with Brian Flores, who didn't show up on a lot of candidate lists for the, for the five open jobs. He showed up on the Cardinals list, and he was deemed the favorite. He takes the D.C. job in Minnesota. What kind of information have you been able to glean on, on what broke down there? How much interest the Cardinals actually had in Brian Flores and things of that like? See, I never heard that he was the favorite okay. going into the process. I think people made the natural connection. Uh, and listen, you know, Monty comes from New England. Generally, guys who have a history with the Patriots are ultimately going to want people who know how to do things the way the Patriots want them done. But you just saw the Texans hired a head coach, you know, by Nick Casario. Mm-hmm. He's actually hired three different head coaches right so far that have not had a New England background. D'Amico Ryan's being the latest one. It's, it's about finding the connection. It's sure. about figuring out how you're going to be on the same page. And I think Monty's going to do things differently. It's not going to be New England West again. He's going to have his own philosophies uh, about how to uh, how to put it together. But in terms of Flores, it, it never seemed like the right fit to me, knowing how Flores operates and everybody can't say enough things about him you know in Pittsburgh and what he's done this year he's a really really smart coach everyone liked him in New England Miami you know quite frankly he wore some people out over the time there and so was that going to mix with Michael Bidwell was that going to mix with Kyler Murray was that all going to line up and did it make sense for Flores as you said he was not uh, you know interviewing for all five jobs, right? It was going to be targeted. If you're Flores and you're going, there's only five jobs open this year. I'm interviewing for, I want to say there was one other one, two jobs maybe that he had a request for. Do I take the one job or pursue? We shouldn't even say take because I don't know that it was ever going to be offered, but do I pursue the one job here or do I go, you know what, with only five openings this year, that probably means it's going to be seven or eight next year. I'll take the next step go become the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, get another year of distance from the stuff in Miami, and have my, you know, potentially pick yeah. of it next year. I mean, Flo's a, he's a really good coach. We were in the same class at Boston College. I want to say I've got the connections to everybody here, but you happen to mention, too. <laughs> we didn't know each other. We knew a lot of the same people. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, but he, he's a good coach, but he, he's not he, he's not for everyone. Like, yeah. I, I think that that's fair to say. All right, so uh, the last two Super Bowls in Glendale have both been historic in their own nature. Um, what do you, what, what's the potential of some Sunday's game, and and if Patrick Mahomes really does want to be the GOAT someday, can he afford to lose this game in his quest for Tom Brady? I mean, yeah, because he's 27. He's got a lot of time left. I think that absolutely it helps. I mean, listen, you win a second Super Bowl. Generally speaking, historically, like that's been Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I'm not even suggesting that there's any chance Patrick Mahomes, if he retires tomorrow, is not in the Hall of Fame. He'd be pretty close already based on what he's done. I mean, I, I believe Mahomes is... He might be the greatest player of all time, and I don't say that lightly. I don't. I'm not a hot take guy. I'm not saying that. I'll leave that to you guys. I know Bickley does that all the time. Um, but I, but like you look at what he's accomplished. He just won his second NFL MVP last night in runaway fashion. He got 48 of 50 first place votes. He's been to three Super Bowls now. He's already won one. Got a chance to win a second one on Sunday. He is what Bill Belichick was to coaches for a long time in New England, where every year you could have voted Bill Belichick Coach of the Year. Yes. He only won it like two or three times because people get sick of voting for the same guy. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes could be the MVP every single year, but people want to find somebody else. Hey, this guy had a really good year. Yeah. You're telling me right now you're starting a franchise and you would take any player over Patrick Mahomes as the centerpiece. He's 27. He's not overly reliant on mobility, which you know some other quarterbacks, if you looked at them and you say, all right, 
is his, or his physical skills going to diminish? Like he can move, but he's not a runner. Yeah. And so he can play from the pocket. He can win for another 10, 15 years. He can play till he's forty if he wants to. He may well go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. But to that point, if you were to lose another Super Bowl, there will be plenty of people yeah. saying, you know, once it's again over. he got there. <laughs> you know, the only other one that he lost, he was right. playing behind a horrible That's offensive true. line oh, yeah. and, and was banged up, up in that game. I mean, yeah. he was doing. I remember the throw he made where he was like torqued his body and was like parallel to <laughs> yes. the ground and throwing it like this. It's like, all right. This I, this I never say it's with Mahomes, but like you yeah. might be doing too <laughs> right. much now. But he, that's all he could do is try to will them single-handed. I said it at right. the time of that game, Tom. If this was a boxing match, they should stop it. It was that one-sided at that point, the physical punishment he was taking. But Speaking of boxing match, by the way, just a quick aside on yep. that. So that, that Super Bowl was the Bucks chiefs one in mm-hmm. Tampa during the COVID year where they had the cardboard cutouts of the fans. <laughs> like You think back on some of that stuff, yeah, and it's right? like wild. Like I'm one of the only people in the stadium. There's a photo of me with like cardboard cutouts of people <laughs> everywhere. And like somewhere in like a history book will be like, what was happening at that time? That's but, a great point. So in that, the boxing thing made me think of this. So there also were limited seats in the press box because this is still where you had to have, like, the, yeah. the glass up and, like, spaced out and everything. So we ended up in a, in a suite with Mike Tyson. <laughs> it, was the, it was the strangest collection of people. It's me, Ian Rappaport, Tyson, uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics and all those movies. He's in the suite. Rebel Wilson is in the suite. Adam Zimmer in the chef. Wow. And then like and then like ten other people. And it like the conversation the night, Tyson left because too many people were talking to him without masks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I like the other people talking to me. And he, and he rolled. He rolled in like the second quarter. <laughs> that is an incredible anecdote. That is amazing. Oh, and uh, Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, he, he, was, he was sitting next to, yeah. next to me. That's the most eclectic group of people. Like I, I still don't. I've, I've never gotten an explanation. Who put together that group? If this was just the like the last minute people, because I remember they didn't know where we were sitting. And then it was right. like, oh, uh, you'll, be in a, you'll be in a suite. <laughs> walk in and Tyson's in there. I'm like, well, this night's going to be fun. And then <laughs> this is going to be bailed. What a way to punctuate your visit with the Tyson. Well, it wasn't and the scared of any story. man, but the virus was <laughs> yeah was freaking he him out. Bounced. That's uh, great. Special eight and a half hour edition of NFL Game Day Morning Sunday morning seven o'clock. It starts on NFL. Network here in Arizona. Tom Palacero, thanks for joining us. Good to meet you. You got it. Uh, Thank you, Tom. Enjoy your time here. Yeah, absolutely.